Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. Hello, Diane, and hello, everyone. Welcome to She Loves the Grid. Wow. I'm Claire, and you are Diane, and here we go. <laughs> yes, I know we've got a lot to cover today. I almost feel like we have to jump into it, but and I love I love our title. We love. We need a spa weekend. I I need a spa weekend. I need a spa. I need a spa. <laughs> <laughs> this was such kind of an intense. Today was a little boring, but it was an intense weekend with all of the rain and everything happening. And yeah, it, and I the definitely of some of the stuff that you know irritates me. That we'll get into. So <laughs> yeah, you were asking me before I talked over you. How was my week? It's been a crazy week because I think I mentioned last weekend that I was going to start a German class, which I yeah. did. Yeah, and it's it's uh, you know I you know I love school and and it was very intensive. It's great though. It but it's like it shows that I'm not using my brain as much as I think I do during work because I got out of the first class on Monday and I was just exhausted, just completely exhausted. So apologize to everyone. Podcast got released late on Tuesday because I just flat out exhausted. Forgot, just forgot. I had it ready and just over the head because I was exhausted. Oh. Um, Needless to say, it's a great class. It's a yeah. great class. If anybody wants info, they can ping us, and I will share a referral link. Um, because I am blown away in a week how much confidence I've built up in my basic initial German skills. You, you've heard me. I I can speak already the words that I had started to learn in the last six months, and we're speaking them very slow. I can say them much more confidently now. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that. So that's been most of my week is – Work German, work German, work German, work German. So, <laughs> so if my coaches happen to watch our podcast now, uh -huh. yes, Coach Yvonne and Coach Mira, I am practicing my German. Yes. <laughs> I do. And I love to hear it. Like there really was on Friday when you went through all of your stuff, it, there was a huge difference. So very, very exciting. Yeah, I love you, it. Thank you. And how yeah. about you? How was your week? Is that yeah. that we have it talked practically every day so I could practice my German with you? But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I feel like it's the same old, same all around here. You know, it's 120 degrees out, so that stinks. Um, and, and for work, everyone listening in Europe, we're talking like 40 something to 50 Celsius. It's getting hot over there. Yeah, it's it's bad. The cactuses are like falling over. Um, or their arms are falling off because I guess what's happening is at night, it's still so hot out. Like when I go for a walk in the mornings, it's already like 90 degrees or something, sometimes hotter at like six in the morning. So I have to like really watch the times and see if I can even go for a walk in the morning. Um, but I guess at night, it's also not cooling down. So the cactus don't have that break. They can't like restore their energy. And so they're, they're just all falling over. It's crazy. Um, but celebrated actually went out a couple nights uh, this week and celebrated a friend's birthday. So it was just nice to get out in the evening and have some good food and some good company. So, yeah. And you know, on the flip side, you know, I lived in Arizona for 18 years. I've lived in the heat all my life and it's been so cold here for me. I kind of would love that. <laughs> Not gonna lie. And I closed the windows so we would hear the outside noise, and I get to take my jacket off. And I'm in long pants. I'm wearing a jacket every day because oh. I am. It is chilly. 
It is chilly for me. It's like in the you know, 60s and 70s every day. That is a little chilly, but honestly, I would take it. <laughs> I think I'm ready for, for more like actual seasons to be happening instead of just, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot. Oh, it's pleasant. It's hot, it's hot, it's hot. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> the best we've seen so far is uh, uh, 35 Celsius, which is about 85 Fahrenheit. That, that's been our hottest day. That's not bad at all. No. I, that's like ideal for me. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, yeah. all right. Well, let's get going because it has been it has been a week before we get into the weekend. I know was- it really has. So there's some rumors going around um, with the FIA that supposedly while they were in Belgium, they were going to discuss engine equalization. So Alpine had expressed some concern that their engine performance is is at a deficit of about like twenty to thirty three horsepower. Um, which seems like a lot. And I feel, I mean, when they actually are able to finish on track, they have been kind of like hot and cold, hot and cold. Um, but anyways, the FIA said they found some, um, credible evidence that they might need to consider taking some action to like level the playing field. And I feel like this kind of plays into what James Vowles from the principal from Williams has said, where, they need to give, especially maybe the teams at the lower end, a better, a higher cost cap because there's no way for them to compete with the bigger teams. But that kind of leads me into another rumor. So we talked about this last week is that the 2022 cost cap was um, exceeded by three teams and we were guessing which three teams. Um, and for some reason, Alpine was part of that little mix, which Remember last week we were like, "How is that possible?" Like Alpine, yeah. And then this week, of course, Alpine's like, "No, we're like twenty to thirty-three uh, HP lower." Um, so, anyways, reportedly the three teams are, as you would expect, Red Bull, Aston Martin, and Mercedes. Which again makes the most sense because those are the three teams that, you know, especially Aston Martin, have just catapulted. Um, well, they had catapulted, you know, towards the top from where they were last year. But I'm like, if Red Bull is in there again, what the F? (laughs) And and I got a couple of thoughts on this. One, let's let's do some math. And I know it's not a straight line calculation, but my engineering brain and math brain keeps in here. 20 to 33 horsepower. Okay, 33 horsepower. I was just taking a quick look and they're saying that the F1 car horsepower is 1,050 horsepower. Okay. 33 horsepower is 3.14% of that. 3%. 3%. So not 10%, not 20%, 3% at the top yeah. end. So you're 3% less. Yeah. That's what they're saying. You're running at 97%. You're running at 97% of the maximum horsepower. Well, that's what they're saying. <laughs> Maybe and they just threw that statement out there to be so like, because of 97, you're running at 97% of the horsepower. Yeah. And I granted there's other stuff because if you're if you trouble tire degradation and, and all this other stuff. Yeah, you need to work on your engineering. You can work yes. on other engineering. I mean, it, I, I could see that 3% could impact if you've got 
if you're not doing well in everything else and that just adds to it. Right. Yeah. And, and I can, I know it's not a straight line calculation. Don't come at me. I get that. Yeah. And, and 3% can be big and exacerbated. I get that. But I, I just don't know if a deficit of 3%, that's the top end yeah. is really enough. Enough. Um, and, and to your point about those three teams. Yeah. I figured those were the three. And if FIA as sport penalty, then are we going to go and add something else to Red Bull since they already paid one penalty in cash? Because it does kind of make you wonder if a team is consistently, and, and here this would be two years in a row for Red Bull, to me, it's just kind of like they thumb their nose at the cost cap and they're like, we got away with it last year, like, or, you know, in 2021, like, let's do it again. Um, it also annoys me that it's, August almost, and you're just getting around to coming out with this um, information because they've already dominated this season. They're already planning their car for next year, I'm guessing. Um, and so whatever penalties you come with at this point are probably not going to really affect a whole hell of a lot. Clearly the wind tunnel you know, penalty that they got from 2021 cost cap it, it, it's nothing to them. It's absolutely it's nothing. It, it's nothing. So unless they do something that has se severe impact for the rest of the season, what's that? Gonna, what's it? What's it going to do? Right. Or yeah. or it's a bone a push to everyone else. But I don't know how you would apply that. It'd have to be some kind of penalty. And then I think for us, Martin, because they're not showing well. No, they're not showing well. And they're building this huge, amazing wind tunnel that what if you can't even use it, like, you know, next year. But I, I think going back to you've got arguably, you know, some of the top, let's say the top four or top five teams, three of those are exceeding the cost cap. And then you have teams like the Haas and the Williams and all of that who are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they're you know, heating the cost cap, they're, they're staying within it, even though they don't have their own wind tunnels, they don't have a place to cut the carbon, they're having to outsource all of that. So they're paying more and they're staying within. And so the top teams have all of this special stuff. They're going above and beyond the cost cap. So they're, the, that difference between the top and the bottom is getting even more vast. And it's like yep. the, the lower teams lose out. So I'm still on the James Voles like theory that this the the teams at the bottom, those smaller teams need to have more money just to compete with the teams who already have all of these assets and they continue to to overspend. Yeah, I mean you, you bring up a good point. They they could play some kind of, you know, factor if you don't have your own wind tunnel then you get some kind of factor for having to pay for that if you yeah. don't have your own ability to cut carbon because you have to outsource you get some kind of factor to allow for that right so something that kind of when you don't have the ability to if you're paying you know five bucks or whatever then you have to pay 10 because you don't you can't insource it then you should have some kind of you should have some kind of additive measure on there and, and you have to you have to account the heck out of that to be able to show the difference that 
you're getting that extra and that extra money is going toward the fact that you have to pay a third party because you can't insource it, right? It can't be, oh, we're just going to get this extra special, more expensive thing because we can. It should be literally in the accounting because we can't do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, to show it. And that way it's not unfair, right? It's really showing because we have to outsource. I think that would be fair. Yeah. They, they need to, they definitely need to look at something. And especially a team like Red Bull that's already gotten in trouble. You, you cannot be a repeat offender. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah. The other, anyway. oh yeah, other big news at Ferrari. So Thursday morning, they announced that their racing director, Laurent, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, um, is no longer with the team. So he didn't go to Spa. You, you probably often saw him on the pit wall. Um, we know he's already going to replace Franz Tost at Alpha Tauri next year. So he wasn't going to be sticking around, but they cut ties and it was um, immediate, immediate. I thought it was funny in their statement that they they kind of said that in his um, four and a half years at Ferrari as a racing director, he's had seven wins. That's not good. Seven, <laughs> seven wins is not great. So like, tell us why you're fired without telling us why, why you're, you're getting fired. So, I thought that was kind of funny. In the comments, lots and lots of comments about Javi needs to go next. Like Javi needs to go. But that I just don't believe that's going to happen because I don't know how you you bring in a brand new um, engineer to work with a driver in the middle of the season, basically like that. I just can't imagine. Yeah, um, that's true though. I mean, the, the battles you kind of hear over the radio and, and, and whatnot, I don't know if that's something they, they can get over the summer I and mean, you've got the summer. I mean, it's three weeks though. And you can't work for two of those weeks. So it's like, true. you know, you yeah. can, I just don't, I don't think that it's going to happen now, but I think there will be an announcement that by the end of the season or at the end of the season, he'll, he'll be gone. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Ferrari put Diego uh, Laverno in, he's been with the team for 23 years. So he is now taking over as the sporting director. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. And then Alpine, I, this was news I woke up to on Friday morning, like, that was, I was not expecting that. That oh, one kind yeah. of took me by surprise. I wasn't either. And I kind of feel like, why wasn't I expecting that? Because in Miami, the the CEO of Renault, I mean, we, we talked about it at the time, way back when, um, how unhappy he was with the team. And he was really putting it on the principal and the leadership. And like, they need to get it together. And it, then it just kind of like fell off my radar. Just see, even though Alpine has not been doing great. I mean, Espan was on the podium in, in Monaco, but still, I, it just kind of fell off my radar. So to learn that Otmar, the principal, gone after this weekend. So it was like they announced on Friday, they'll be here through the weekend and then they're going to go. Um, and then their sporting director, Alan, uh, we're leaving after today. So that was that. That would um, make for an interesting you know, time in the, in the paddock and the pit and everything. Yeah. I just had to be like, and they, it, we'll talk about this more, but they had a, a really good weekend. I mean, Pierre's on the podium in uh, the sprint and then 
Ocon's in the points today and Pierre just finished outside the points. And, you know, we, we can talk about yeah. that some more. So I don't know, maybe you're happy because you go out like with a win and you're like, you know, <laughs> <too>. <laughs> if you're watching our YouTube, you'll see my friend's reference there. But um, yeah, like, you know, peace out. You know, we did what we could. So they haven't announced who's going to take over, obviously, at some point during this summer break, they, they will announce. But Mattia, for, who is the principal for Ferrari, is supposedly on the short list. So we shall see what happens there. Yeah. I That'll be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So that, that'll give us a little news during, during this break. Um, what else? McLaren brought some upgrades this weekend. The revised rear wing. I can't say rear wing very well. Um, rear, rear, rear wing. wing. Um, so we know last weekend they didn't bring upgrades, which we were all expecting them to bring. They brought it this weekend, but quite honestly, it didn't really turn out, um, the way they expected because after the race today, Lando was talking about that they had issues with that rear wing. So yep. didn't quite turn out the way, the way they thought that it would. Um, what else? Williams also had an announcement. Um, Pat Fry is their new chief technical officer. He has three decades in motorsports. So adding to that team, there you go. Um, and this one, mm, this is so interesting. Okay. Las Vegas Grand Prix. <laughs> we all know how expensive those tickets are, right? Like, yeah. You sent really me that, that graphic that showed the, the, the average price of tickets across them and, and Vegas is just like yeah. astronomically priced compared to all of them. Horrible. All of the races. Horrible. And again, I looked at going to that race. It was cheaper for me to go to Spain and see the GP this year and, you know, be in Europe for a week. But supposedly uh, Liberty Media and F1 have told the casinos that have a view of the racetrack, which I was trying to think, like, there's not that many that are going to have an actual view of the track. Maybe some of the, like the smaller casinos, because if you've never been to Vegas, especially if you're listening overseas and you've never been to Vegas, it looks like the, the resorts, the casinos, whatever, are right on the strip. But you don't almost realize you have sometimes like a half a mile walk from the strip, from the sidewalk on the strip to the casinos. Like, so and then the hotels are like behind they're, that. They're way, yeah, they're way set back. It's not like, oh, the windows look out. And even for those that have, there's just a couple that I can think of that would be close enough to see the strip. Like the Flamingo, I think would be one. There's another one that's just a real divey little place. I don't even know the name of it. it sits right there. But the windows are blacked out. So Here's what, let me tell you why I'm telling you this. So they have told the casinos that have a view of the racetrack that they have to pay $1,500 per person for anybody in the casino, or they're going to put up boards and signs, I guess, across like the windows. And so I'm thinking if I'm standing in the Divey Casino, which I've been in before, I can't really see that much <laughs> out the window. Like, and how do you how do you manage that? People come and go in casinos all the time. Are you gonna have some of the clicker like right. counting in the ins and outs? Exactly. And this is a oh street. It's a street track. When you put the race 
on the strip, part of it, not the whole thing, because it goes around, but, and there might be another like smaller casino, you know, off the strip that they are also referring to. But when you are it on a street track, well, then you just take that chance. Like, <laughs> come on. So I'm hoping that this is, is fake news and, and it's not true. But like you said, I don't even know how you, you do that. And I also am trying to figure out, I know that they're building stands along the strip. So, I mean, it's, you're probably not even going to be moving quickly if you're trying to move along the sidewalk. Like I, I just am not, I don't get it. So we'll see what happens with that. But I don't have anything with, with them coming out. I'm looking at the 2022 news about it and I don't know. There's the Flamingo. There's, it goes right past the forum shops at Caesars. Caesars. But the forum um, shops are in there. There's no windows. There's Paris. There's Paris. There's Paris. Caesars. But Caesars was also set back. So far back. That would be impossible. But, um, and then the Eiffel Tower experience, you know, are they going to tell people up on the Eiffel Tower experience? They can't look in. I'm sure that they have. Uh, if the that, Cosmopolitan is a tower that's kind of close enough that they could look over that tower, the Cosmopolitan. Yeah. But I guarantee you, though, that those hotels have already, I would guarantee you, have a package because they know, like you said, the restaurant at the Paris, um, the Eiffel Tower. First of all, not a cheap restaurant. Second of all, I guarantee you that they have some sort of a package that's probably thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for you to sit, eat, have a nice, you know, view. It's going to be November at night. It's going to be cold in the desert. So you're going to be warm. Those places already have that covered. To me, the way that came across is it's your regular Joe Schmo going into a casino along the strip. You're not going to so see it on the strip. I wonder down to the back end of it where it goes by the Westin and by the Holiday Inn. <laughs> see, and you know they do have a little casino in there, I'm sure. But like that's what I'm saying is it could be the smaller ones. But again, those smaller casinos come on. Yeah, what, what are they going to do? The, the desert sky. I mean, there's some little ones back there. I yeah, yeah that's crazy. It's that is insane. And to me, that is just being hella greedy and stop it already. Stop it. You, people that live around here can't even go to the race. It's too expensive. So just knock it off. Wow. <laughs> that wow. is my feeling. Wow. So wow. Wow. Yeah. maybe even all the bad publicity, they're not going to do it. And I can imagine, I mean, you have to think too, the people in Las Vegas and especially the, the casinos along the strip, there's been a lot of construction. They're, you know, they're inconveniencing a lot of people in that area just to make things right for the race in November. So I could see the casinos being like, stop it right now. Like, <laughs> to be able to get a view, you're not going to be able to do a street view. There's just no way. Most casinos are street level. There's no way you can see out into the street with all the stuff that's going to be built up with the stands and stuff. So that's yeah. insane. You have to be up high and the casinos are going to control, like you said, who can be up high in those buildings. So it just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And it's just, it's just greedy. It's greedy. Okay. I hadn't heard about that. So that was, that's crazy. Yeah. 
insane. Yeah. I read that and I was like, stop, stop. Um, okay, F1 Academy. Really, really cool news that came out this week. I, again, because of where I live, a lot of this news comes out and I wake up in the morning and it's like the first thing that I see. And I was so excited at this. So um, this was a race week at Paul Ricard, but Susie Wolf, who is the managing director of F1 Academy, came out and said that all 10 of the F1 teams are going to have a livery on one car next year in F1 Academy. They each get to nominate one driver to the F1 Academy lineup. Um, and we know a lot of the teams have their junior program. Uh, maybe juniors is not the right word. They have their you know program and they all have women in them. Ferrari, Williams, you know, Alpine. Um, they all have women. So I just thought that was so amazing. And Susie Wolf said that back in Bahrain, she met with every single team. And they all committed to supporting F1 in this way. So I know. And it's like, we know that they're going to be on the same, not all the races, but they will be racing on the same um, schedule as F1 at several races throughout the season next year. Hopefully we'll actually get to watch them. They'll be, they'll be taping them. And so now to have every F1 team have a car and a driver on the grid, amazing. So um, the other five cars were, uh, I think it's five cars, right? The yeah. other five cars are going to be supported by other partners. They're going to tell us about that later. Each team is still going to field three cars. So there will be 15 um, cars total. So like say one team has three cars, one of those cars is going to be um, run the F1 livery and be a nominated driver by F1. So I just thought that was so, so, so exciting. And I really want to get to a race next year where we can see them race as well as, you know, obviously. Our them. goal is to get two or three races next year together. So I know that is our goal. <laughs> That's our goal. So as I said, they did race at Paul Ricard this weekend. Race one, I am going to butcher this name. I am sure. I don't even know. Maria? Marty. Yeah, Nadia, I would think Nadia. Okay, Nadia, So she had her first one of the um, season. And then race two and three was run by, was won by Marta Garcia. And I have to double check this. I checked it um, right before, well, I checked their social media right before we started to record on Sunday, right after the F1 race. But those two wins may have actually given her the driver championship for F1 Academy for this year. She was, um, yeah, it was, she's had a great, great, great season. And uh, yeah, winning two out of three when you, <laughs> you could just wrap it up. Um, I don't know when their next race is. I know they're racing in Austin. That might be their next race, but that seems a long time from now. So maybe not. So there you go. That's everything that, <laughs> where are we at? We're already like a half an hour and we just got through all the, all the stuff that went down this week, um, which was a lot. So, yeah, she's got two hundred and thirty-five points. Yeah, Austin is the next race. Okay, wow, that is a big break for them. So October, that's like towards the end of October. Yeah, and that's their last one. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think anybody else can catch her. Yeah, I don't. I think with two wins this weekend, that's going to be really tough. I know, I think like Lena Bueller was up there, but I don't, 
I, I think, I don't even know where she finished this weekend in her races. Yeah, she's second, but she's got 187 points. Oh, yeah. Not going to catch her now. So congratulations, Marta. <laughs> you win the inaugural F1 Academy Driver Championship. Yay. That's very exciting. I love it. All right. Let's talk about FP1. So we don't have to spend a whole lot of time because this was a very busy weekend being a sprint weekend. But I don't know. Lots of rain. Lots of rain. It was um, it was interesting. To me, the biggest thing on that one was that, um, you know, there was because of the rain, we heard about the rule that neither one of us, me being you, but you, you hadn't heard about it either. In fact, a lot of people talking about social media hadn't heard it, that if quality didn't happen later that day, they were like, oh, well, they clarified that the grid would be placed on current driver championship order. And everyone's yeah. like, what? It, it, was, it was interesting that people, so many weren't aware of that. And they had to clarify, even the commentators, like, oh, we're yes. going to double check that's the case. I was like, wow, that would have been an interesting grid if that's how the grid, and you and I were talking about, well, could it yeah. be a reverse order? <laughs> that would have right. been, been, been That would have been way more fun. I feel like they do that in NASCAR or something, don't they? I don't really know how NASCAR works, but I think they flip stuff. And uh, like, I mean, why not? Give the people at the back a, a chance. But then again, do you want the people, not that they're bad drivers, because they're all like the best drivers in the world, um, basically, but do you want them at the front? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, that was super interesting. I'm glad we didn't have to ball it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the way the way Quali went, it almost could feel like that sometimes, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was, it was a, it was interesting. It was a lot of rain. Um, that, that, was, that was kind of interesting. Um, and of course, <sighs> say it. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. We have talked about this. I have, I mean, I know I'm learning, but in, in strategies or strategies, I find it maddening, maddening that so many drivers, whether it be their strategist or the driver or whatever, decides, oh, we're just going to wait. The last minute to go out. For the last two minutes to go out. We're just gonna wait. We're just gonna wait. And for whatever reason, Albon and what was it? Albon and, and Owens are like, or who is it? Was it those two? We're yes. Just wait. Wait. We're it, just that was that was in Q two, right? Yeah. 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 I think. Right. Well, even, well, even, well, even in FP one, Logan, because that's when the. Um, Right. Well, in, in FP1, I don't think Logan Stroll, Ocon, Gasly, and Max, I don't think had times. Yeah, they didn't have any times. Yeah. Yeah. And then Logan had the red flag because he couldn't turn. So nobody went out after yeah. that, which makes sense to me. Like, don't go out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. A little crazy. Yeah. But, but then, oh, yeah, Quali, yeah, Quali. That's it. That's Quali. That was it. Yeah. That was in, that was it. That was in FP2. You, Q2. Yeah. Q2, sorry, Q2, yeah. 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 Well, so we'll get, but it happened there because people didn't go out and they were like, it, it just kept going. Every, like, okay, you're not going to go out and practice and it's raining and then we get into qualities. Let's get into quality. Well, first it was delayed, right? Yeah, because of rain. Because And rain. everybody went on enters. It was neat to see that it was, I tell you, it was really cool for me to see the enters and the wets being used because, oh, you know, yeah. we see a lot of those because like, 
Yeah. The wets and one one of them, like everybody had to be in wets, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, there was uh no rain at the start, but the track was wet, so they forced everybody, everybody had to go out on inners, which I thought was kind of I think cool. that was the sprint yesterday. Yeah. They yeah. everybody had to had to start on that. But I mean the rain well, I mean, even in Q one, even though the track was because the track was wet, everybody went out on, on intermediates to begin with on Q one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because that was definitely the, the safer tire for sure. Um, um, but Logan's car was up on jacks at the start. He didn't get out to like eight minutes and something, which was freaking me out. Me too. Me too. And I don't even remember why it was up on the jacks. Like, I, not that it really matters, but I, I don't even remember why it was up on. Oh, no, it wasn't because of his tire. That was somebody that was somebody else. No, um, no. This but then there were so many impeding noted. There was like, oh, they're like, Max is impeding, Gasly's impeding, this person's impeding. I was like, oh my gosh. And then yeah. at some point, you know, Norris had that wild off the track, but he recovered. He went into the rocks. It was like all this. We were lucky that one went worse, like you said. Yes. Um, it really then, was lucky because he did have some front wing damage. But then what they said later on is like he had some floor damage. Yeah, so, he's, but he's lucky. You're right. He's he's lucky. He did not get and then that. And Rick, I was like, look at him go, and like right in the end, and like lap time deleted. I was like, oh, I feel like they were kind of thinking you're new here and you haven't had a lap time deleted yet this season, so we're just gonna delete that. <laughs> Welcome to F1 2020. I was just, uh, and was looking really great, you know, but then, course, was amazing in that middle sector. I don't know if you were noticing, but every qualifying, even in the shootout, that middle sector, he was always purple. Oh, yeah. Like he rocked that. He, you could tell he was super confident in that, in that section. Did you yeah. notice when Hulk was, cause you know, Hulk was just, last and he he kind of got out of his car like whatever they showed him in the garage and he was almost like i got kids whatever he just yeah. like yeah he, he just like, he did like not he, have a good weekend he did not all. give up you know he just yeah <laughs> it was yeah okay. all right so, so we, had, we had albon joe logan danny rick and hulkenberg yeah so. yeah so, uh, yeah, so the next one, yeah, the next one. Q2. Uh, yeah, Q2. So uh, just as a reminder, because it was a sprint weekend, the qualifying on Friday is for set the, the grid for Sunday's race. So exactly. there you have that. Um, so that, that it's drying, right? So people are switching. And then K-Mag, He's, he's off. That was crazy. That was um, crazy. You know, and then Okanya, he hit the floor. Or he hit yes. the wall. He hit the wall. His end plate was, like, hanging there. But I was watching the press conference afterwards, and he huh, – I felt so bad for him, and I thought, I swear to God, I called an Alpine bounce back on Monday. I thought, this is – they're going to bounce back this weekend, and it's going to be great. But he said when he got to the pits to switch that out, the pit crew did not have a front wing ready for him. It took, yeah, it took, he said, 30 to 40 seconds 
I don't know if they, t if he, if that's actually accurate, you know, how sometimes you sit there and it seems like 30 to 40 seconds, but it was like 10. Um, but he said it was 30 to 40 seconds for them to find it. So he did not have enough time to get another lap in for Q2 to, to get into Q3. I'm like, what the heck Alpine? That's, that's two things this weekend, as far as like, yeah, and considering Max was P10, of course, he's like, oh, this is, you know, bleep execution. Yeah. I, we, we have a lot of examples of his radio was salty all weekend. Like, okay. Oh. I think more than anybody, his engineer needs a spa weekend because oh. that dude, GP is what they call him. They, he needs a vacation. I think, almost, I think like a couple of times, yeah, a couple of times he's like, you know what? You just need to deal with it. I was like, yeah. man, he was over it. And so, okay, let's, cause I did write down what he said. So, um, Max at the end of Q2, he was so mad on his radio and he was like, that's a, can I say the S word? A shit no. strategy. already <laughs> 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 did it. It's the Max Verstappen and me coming out. Um, they, you know, we had a, I'm just going to say it because now we have to mark it, but it's fine. Um, it was a shit strategy. And his engineer, like you said, pushed back. And he's like, listen, like you made it in to Q3. Like we did what we had to do to like, you know, get you there. Um, and Max said he didn't care if he was in P10. It was shit execution. <laughs> so... And then, of course, after Max finishes at, you know, towards the, did he finish at the top? He must have. No, he finished second. He was all like, because Charles was on pole today. Um, but he was like, oh, I'm so sorry for my rant. Yeah, he was, he finished first. He had a five oh, place. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. But K Mac could have pushed max down or yeah no, down. I'm like oh if he just oh it was so close yeah. and i was loving everybody going foo, foo, foo. i'm like somebody somebody uh, just so close so close so, so close. freaking close like so but yeah had our usual people out he was he was whining but yeah the people you can guess that came out but it's also okay it was like ah just so freaking close yeah he it really was it Q3 really was. was exciting though. Like the people, I, it was amazing. It was Q3. It was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It, I love Q, the qualifying Q3 lately anymore is just like constant like up and down. You just never know. And you it's just, just that timing, getting that timing right for your final lap um, is, is major. So um, Piastri again on top, he outperformed Lando um really all weekend except for today uh which we'll and, uh, checko came back <laughs> i okay can we just talk about now our predictions that we put out on our social media i know like i totally had because there's <laughs> when i went back and was doing because this is right before the race i'm like oh i gotta do my predictions and i had my thing on the wrong grid i had it on the sprint grid and not the starting oh. grid. i'm like is this i'm like okay i'll just do it off of this and then i was like oh i was looking at the wrong grid uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong grid. If I was well, looking at the right grid, I would have said Checo. I but. I 
woke up at 5:45. saw i saw you had like messaged me like five times so i thought oh my gosh is it pouring there like what's happening because the race started at 6 a.m my time and um and then i saw your thing for the predictions and i was like oh shoot i totally forgot so have to get the graphic going i completely forgot about checo that he even existed he wasn't even in my brain this morning i didn't even think about him at all <laughs> yeah so, i would have totally said had i looked at the right grid i would have said max charles checo like it but i would have said it and i would have i actually would have probably said what was how they ended because yeah it's my bad my bad and i was looking at the sprint grid yeah yes that'll yeah. do it all right let's yeah. talk about the sprint shootout so in the sprint shootouts, you do usually have to have the, the mandatory tire allocation. But like Claire said, they were on enters for SQ1 because the track was wet. So, you know, the mandatory tire allocation kind of. Yeah, and they started like 35 minutes late. Yeah, 35 minutes yeah. late. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was all it the was, and everything. Yes. And what I thought was interesting is they did say that the drivers had a conversation with F1, the FAA, FIA, whoever, on Thursday. And they really urged caution um, if there was rain. The drivers were like, you know, look, if it's raining and the vis visibility is good, we can do it. But if the visibility is bad, no, we're not going to. So I do think that they were erring on the side of caution. I think the commentators were saying, like, we, we probably could have gone, you know, got going. But when you see that spray, and then they show those camera angles where it's like all you see is like fog or the spray and then these cars just come out of basically like out of the mist you're like i never would have seen those cars there and they here they come and when they show them through their visors right and you get the camera from inside like you were telling yes. me about how they can they pull those things off it's just to think that you're doing that and you're pulling that off anyway but just I mean, they train for it. They're used to it and whatnot. My OCD, there's just no way. I can, the little strip was like, I can't handle, I have to hide the uh, the toll thing in my window because I cannot stand that in my field of vision. Like oh. they have little triplets. Yeah. I'm like, can they not rain X those a little more? Like this is, it's just not, there's too many driplets on their, you know, the oh, droplets on their, their oh, visors. Yeah. That would drive me nuts. Yeah. And they're just that and the thing in the middle of their face. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how to do it. But yeah, they, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, it was bad enough that, uh, uh <laughs> yeah, I've got in my notes. Claire's anxiety is way up because it, <laughs> Five minutes, Alonzo had no time. And then we're going to talk about Q2. Mm. <laughs> I think about you when this happens because I know it drives you crazy. And Magnuson and Hulkenberg, what, they didn't have a time with four minutes left? Four so, minutes left. Four minutes. And it's a two-minute track. It's right under a two-minute track if you're if you're really pushing it. Yeah. Two, it's like a one, 151 or 152, I think, is the fastest lap time. I'll go look. But like, and most of them can't pull that, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Charlotte had a 146.9 is the at the starting grid. That was his time. Nice. Um, yeah. So, and then uh, Max was a 146.1. So that was, mm. so 
but still it's almost a two minute track and you're at four minutes and you have nothing you still need to warm your tires and get yep. an outlap and then try to get a flyer in and maybe yep. one more in case you don't get fast enough yeah and it's four minutes yeah on a two minute track yeah and hulkenberg they screwed him up because they sent him out and he did not cross the start line i mean he was seconds like maybe a second or two off but he did not cross that start line before time clicked down. And so he never got a final lap in, or I guess any lap in there. Horrible. No. When he got back to the pit, he said, interesting execution. And his engineer apologized. He's like, we got it wrong. Yeah, you did. You got it wrong. Like Hulkenberg's been able to send that car into Q3, you know, in this case, um, SQ3, like pretty somewhat consistently all year you screwed him over you didn't give him enough time to even get out and get across that start line to start yeah, from a top 10 to a p20 like yeah. it's it again drives me nuts like it drives yeah. me nuts when you're starting out on enters which can't be warmed they can't right. have heating blankets on them so you know you need to do at least a lap to warm those tires yep. on a cold track anyway that's wet. Like, I, I don't get that strategy at all. I don't get go, not going out with at least five minutes to warm those tires yeah. because you can't heat them. It's a cold, wet track. Yeah. Mm -mm. I agree. I, I agree. I at least get something on the board, right? Just even something, get something. What are they, they keep calling a banker, get a banker in there and then do whatever you need to do. But I mean, horrible, horrible strategy by Haas. Um, so from your pet peeve to mine, all the cars were lining up on that last turn. Um, again, it drives me crazy. I think um, Checo, maybe it was in SQ2 or SQ3 had to work his way through a bunch of those cars. But in SQ1, you had um, Gasly, like Checo's sitting there and then Gasly comes up and he's like, peace out. Like, I'm not going to sit behind you. We're running out of time. I need to get, you know, need to get going here. So they kind of ended up at the starting at the same space and they were wheel to wheel going into the first turn. Like, you're totally going to be losing some time on that because you're uh -huh. fighting somebody else. Like, could we please just stop with it? I get why you're trying to do it, but like, come on. Um, and then what we had Yuki, Botas, Kavanagh, Joe, and Hulkenberg, like we said, with no time and Russell barely squeaking in to SQ2. He had a little snap during his lap. So then we go into SQ2 and who decides to still not go out? <laughs> and Albon. And Albon. Yeah. 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 And and I'm just gonna talk about him and then we can go to the other. So five minutes, still not out. And then yeah. his teammate decides, oh, it's starting the track starting to dry. I'm gonna try to go, I'm gonna try to go out on on mediums. Let's let's try it, you know. Oh. Logan spends out for a short time, stroll goes out on mediums, and then into the freaking wall. And kicks out the rest of the time because there's just yeah. not enough time to restart the thing. And no there, time. There wasn't. I think there was like there 30 wasn't. seconds left or 42 seconds or something. It's like there's and no time. He's out, he's out. You don't get to finish your run. And yeah. what kind of, again, you can't keep your, you can't warm those tires. They're, they're not warm. You go out at two minutes. You go out at two minutes. Yeah. You, 
what kind of what kind of track time are you going to get on at yeah. two minutes on a two minute track when your tires aren't warm because you can't have them under a heater because they're enters? I, I just I don't understand. I know I'm new, yeah. but I don't understand. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I I I'm kind of with you. Like I think they were hoping for the track to to dry a little bit more. I think that both Alonzo and Albon were kind of waiting to see, like, how are the other cars performing on stuff? What's that? Then do a pit stop. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I 100% get it. But we started fifteen. Yeah. Because of Stroll's crash, like you said, Alonzo didn't have a time. Albon didn't have a time. Um, you had other people like Daniel, Logan, obviously Stroll didn't have a time. Um, but he, I mean, you ruined a few people's races, right? Like all of them could have gotten the time in, maybe would have moved into SQ3, but nope, too, too late, too late. And what uh, a crazy strategy when their track still, it was still wet enough. And he, I just, don't know why he did that. There, then, everybody was saying enters. Even I think wasn't it Alonzo who said over the radio, like, no, enters are we need we still need the enters. Like he was on, he was out there. Yeah. So like why why put Stroll on? And Stroll was the one who was in the garage, SQ2. He started um with the car up because they couldn't get the front right wheel yeah. off. So yeah. just not a good SQ2 all the way around. But then in SQ3, they went out on softs. And this is one thing I think is interesting about this track. And we kind of talked about it last week is like, you have the rain come through SQ1. And mind you, because the sprint shootout, the times for the qualifying is shorter than a usual qualifying. So they're not out there that long. And so by SQ3, they're already on softs. At that point, the track, there was enough of a dry line for them to, to stay on soft. So I just think about not only the track evolution there, but just like that rain comes in and then it goes and it's sunny and it's like, yep. it starts drying everything out. So you and I, I think at the beginning of the week, I was like, Oh, I'd love to go to spa because it's such a cool, the elevation, it's got such a history, but then I was like, I don't think I want to sit in the rain. And it always seems to rain. <laughs> <laughs> always seems to rain. So anyways, but Again, the Alpine bounce back that I called, they both made it into SQ3. I don't even know the last time like that happened. So that was awesome. Um, what else? Max told by his engineer to pick up the pace. Perez at that time, like he comes through with the fastest lap. So awesome. <laughs> it was but even more awesome because again, like I was saying, he had to pick his way at that last chicane through the cars that were just sitting there waiting to gear up and do like their final lap. I'm like, how in the world did he get a fastest lap having to, to go it swerve in and out of these cars? Like, I mean, more power to you, Checo. Like that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. But again, it's going to be a long episode. Folks stick it out. We're almost at an hour. We're still on this because it was so crazy. And it then, was, and it's a sprint weekend. I feel like the sprint weekends are always crazy. But like double races, double yeah, races. And then, yeah. and then that minute max, he eked it out with 11 milliseconds. 11 milliseconds. How in the world? How in the world? When they started, everybody, you know, all those cars that were waiting after Checo went through, they started going through. And there were five drivers 
by like the first stint that their times were faster than Checo's already. Like five of the, the 10 already. And then, like you said, Max like squeaks through, but Piastri, uh, he was on top there for a second. And I was like yelling on my couch as people were coming through. Like Carlos was up there, then Piastri beat Carlos, and then Max comes through at the end. But so exciting for that rookie. I am telling you, absolutely incredible. Incredible. I'm so happy for him. I can't wait to to do a recap next week about this first half of the season and talk about him a little bit more. So let's get to the two races. Here's the sprint. Sprint. Water, rain, just... And delays. So they have to have a minimum four hours between the sprint shootout and the sprint. And because the sprint shootout was delayed, then the sprint was delayed. But then it got delayed more because of the water. So, you know, everybody started on wet, which, again, I thought was really cool. We get to see the inners in play. Then we get to see the wets in place. That was kind of cool to see the wets out in in place. I thought that was kind of neat to see that because we talked about the tires earlier in the year. It's neat to see all the tires in play. Yeah, no, I I was thinking the exact same thing, and I love that they had to start on it. Four laps on the behind the safety car, which is an Aston Martin, by the way. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it but is. But anyway, I was like, "Hey, hey track track limits." <laughs> kept going <Yeah>. all the time. <laughs> you did text me that track limits for the safety car, but it was funny because they knew that as soon as the safety car went in, that cars were going to start pitting to get off of those, um, those enters. Right. And so as soon as it started, it was so interesting to watch. So it was like half the cars went in from the teams, like Max stayed out, but Carlos went in, um, because you didn't want to double stack at that point, you know, so half, half the teams, their drivers stayed out, went around on the enters half came in. Um, yeah, Max stayed out, uh, Hamilton, had a five second pit stop, not what you want. Basically racing for 11 laps, like not going to work out. Signs, no, I mean, it was because I think they had a slow release. So he came in, but Perez and Hamilton, you know, somehow they got out faster. So signs went into the pits third and came out 15th. Like I was losing my mind, but I knew half the cars that were, on the grid still hadn't pitted, but yeah. still like just not what you want to see. Um so then I loved it. First. So fun fact, that was the first time in 10 years that a rookie has led a race. We just I got chills. I was so yeah. awesome. I was like, just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then yeah. then safety car came out. I'm like, oh, I think he could have led for longer had it not been for the safety car. I mean, he wasn't going to keep it up the whole race. I get that. The Red yeah. Bull Max, I get that. But had that not been for the safety car, because safety car makes him bunch up, he that that artificially decreased the lead because yeah. they have to bunch up. 
Right. So he was that force that that gap to close because he was keeping it because we were talking. I was like, oh, look, he's extending it. He's losing it. He's extending it. Like it was going like 1.7, 1.8, 1.7, 1.6, 1.7. It was yeah. like he was he yeah. was fighting it. He was doing good. And then yeah, he was. who caused that one? Gonna, you're not going to hold Max back. Like oh, Max Alonzo. Alonzo okay. goes into the wall. That's who caused it. He had the Astrid. worst rough ever. The worst thing ever. Like he doesn't make it into, you know what, SQ3 because of Lance. And then he goes into the wall, like terrible birthday. <laughs> terrible birthday. It was like, it was, a, it was an Aston Martin failure weekend. He had Stroll going into it, causing a wall. Alonzo goes into the wall. Even the, the safety car goes and has track limits. I mean, come on. <laughs> they were, they were definitely on the struggle bus at the beginning of the weekend. That is for sure. Well, Friday and Saturday, I suppose. Um, Max's engineer, I thought this was interesting when they were behind the safety car. He said, Piastri's right tire is showing wear. And Max's response was, I'm not surprised because he's drifting everywhere. And I had noticed that like he was doing like a lot of this, just kind of, you know, going back and forth. But as soon as they did the restart, like you said, like Max was just gone. There's no way Oscar could, could hold him off. Um, not, not in the slightest. Poor Logan Sargent, you've got one rookie of our three rookies that started, one's gone, um, started the season, I guess I should say. One's been replaced. The other one's leading the race. And you get a, <laughs> Logan gets a, a penalty for speeding in the pit lanes. So there uh, yeah. you have it. <laughs> it's like every time he looks like he's getting ahead, something just comes and bites him in the rear. Like Something does. Every he's like, a, he's like, like Linus and the, the Peanuts, man. Like the cloud is just always over him. Oh, not no, Linus. Linus. Pigpen, sorry. Yeah, I'm like, that. Oh, yeah. Um, So then we have Perez and Hamilton touching. Yikes. And after that happened, Perez just like, he was getting passed by everybody. Carlos. Charles, it caused like, damage to the side pod, didn't it? Which I didn't even notice during like when he was falling back, I, I didn't even notice that like at all. So he goes off, um, into the gravel, right. Then he comes back on barely misses the Haas. Um, Hamilton is the one that ends up with a five second penalty. And at first I was like, what? No, like Perez was already saying he was losing his rear end before, like he was already dropping back. That's how he ended up you know, fighting with Hamilton in that spot. So I'm like, you're just trying to blame Hamilton. But then when uh, Sam Collins did like a slow, a slow yeah. review of it, and you can see Hamilton just very ever so slightly goes up onto the curb where it's wet, right? Ever so slightly, barely a turn of his steering wheel. And he kind of goes just a smidge, just right into, <laughs> into Checo. And then you see the damage. So, I mean, it seems still a little harsh, but that was the reason um, that they did it. So anyways, Perez, he ends up retiring and everybody, everybody on the internet's losing their mind. Perez. And Hamilton gets his penalty. So it knocked him back many places. <laughs> yeah. A lot of places, right? That's Several. crazy. So it finished up. Max, Oscar, and Pierre. And if if you're newer to F1, you may not know that one of the people to lose their lives at this at this track 
um, was a, a driver named Antoine. And he was very good friends with Pierre. And so every year, Pierre goes to that spot where the accident occurred and he leaves flowers and just spends a minute, um, you know, and the whole just takes his time. And this year, um, Perez organized for any of the other drivers, the pit crews, the teams, um, media, if they wanted to do like a track run in honor of Pierre and then also Delano, who we talked about, um, lost his life there like a month, a month or so ago. In um, honor of Antoine. You said in honor of Pierre. Oh, did I? No, in honor of Antoine. Um, sorry. <laughs> in honor of Antoine and Delano, um, that they could join them. And a lot of people turned out for it. And so Pierre did lay his flowers. And what he wrote on the card said, I will prove them wrong. So that is something when Red Bull got rid of Pierre several years ago, Antoine texted him and said, prove him wrong, prove him wrong. So that was Pierre's message on Thursday when he laid the flowers. And on Saturday, he ends up on the podium. And I was just like, I'll even start like tearing up now. I just think like that meant so much to him to, to have the podium at that track. Um, so just goosebumps like for me. I know that was awesome. Yeah. I think that's cool. Um, we did see in the pits, there was a lot of, um, unsafe releases. So, I mean, you saw a lot because everybody's trying to come in on those first two laps to get their tires changed, but the FIA said they're not going to investigate any of the potential unsafe releases in the pit. So I don't know, maybe they just thought there's too many, but I, to me, that just shows like the FIA just makes up rules as they go along. Like, absolutely. <laughs> There's, there's no tried and true rules. It's just whatever they want it to be. So there you have it. Uh, off to today in the race. So Hulkenberg replaces Gearbox, you know. Which I didn't know. I think because I woke up late and I got out there right before, five minutes before it started. I didn't well, know he started in the pit lane. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, I mean, you think about it. He already, he already had, you know, no no start time anyway it was already p20 so whatever yeah, yeah might as well yeah. absolutely yeah and then k mag had a grid penalty for impeding so i don't yeah, know i missed that i saw her that i was like well i don't whatever but yeah whatever yeah so it was, dry. it was dry everybody came out with a mix of medium and soft so that was nice you know it was like you know though the threat of rain came Toward the yeah. end of the race, I think it, it ended up not happening. It was a little spitting, but then it didn't it didn't impact anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was uh it right was interesting. Yeah, right at the start. I mean, Perez pulled ahead, then of course Piastri um got damaged, which was really sad. That uh it was sad for Carlos too. Like they That's came around that corner three abreast. So Carlos is in the middle. He's ahead of Piastri, who's on the inside. And and I like, like, Piastri has had some good moves at the start the last couple of weeks. But there was nowhere for signs to go because Hamilton's on his outside. And you can see him kind of moving over. Signs' brakes had kind of locked up right before that. But afterwards, like, Piastri said on his radio, like, I don't know what Signs was doing. He didn't give me any room. Dude, you didn't have the line. Like, yeah. no, you were way behind him and you 
he put a huge gash. Like talk about the gash that Hamilton put in Perez's side pod. He put a huge gash in Carlos's side pod. And like, that was it for both of them. Yeah, I was I was kind of floored that later in the race that signs came out and pitted and went back out on new tires. I'm like, why? Like, what's I the was, point? Why take out a pair of a set of tires? I mean, like, you I just, was just shocked. I thought for sure when he went in that they were just going to pit. It. I mean, yeah, they were going to retire for the race. Me too. They I'm were, like, why? Why take a brand new set of tires? And yeah, what's the point? I mean. Yeah, I, I do not get, I did not understand that at all because all he was doing was falling back, falling back, falling back. But um, I mean, course, let's start with Red Bull, I guess, as far as Hamilton was tattling on Leclerc. Anyway. He was tattling on Leclerc. Every turn nine, he's going off the track. Okay. That's the least of your concerns right now. So <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I have no no patience for nonsense this week. Not at all. Um, let's see. Okay, so Red Bull. Max's eighth consecutive win. I swear they also said that he has won the last 10 starts at Spa, but that cannot be right, including sprint races. So I feel like that still can't be right. I'm a, yeah. Okay. Anyways, by lap 17, he started, what, in six? By lap 17, he had the lead. Um which is funny because last year I think he started 14th and he had the lead by lap 12. So, you know, it took him a little longer this time, but talking about the chatter between Max's engineers. So sassy weekend, all weekend between these two, and it continues today. So the snark, the snark, I was just like, Oh my God. I I was just enjoying, could could we just have an open mic? And then I realized, like I was telling you before we started, you because can. we're F1 TV subscribers, I just need, uh, if I had thought about being on the live part on my laptop while watching it on my TV, yeah, I think I would have just kept an opening to their, their yeah. radio the whole time. Yes, same. Absolute same. Because it just kept going and going and going. From the mundane where when Max had his little snap and he was like, oh, I almost lost it or something. And I, I swear his engineer was like, copy. Oh, no, it was when he said the wind. He goes, it's so windy, I have to really hold my steering wheel. And his GP's like, okay, copy, roger that. Like, he doesn't care. Shut up. Stop talking to me. I wish I, wish I could have heard, heard the whole thing. But when Checo went to pit, Max must have said something about, like, him, why, like, why maybe isn't Max pitting or whatever. And GP's like, just follow my instructions. Like, trust me, please. Like, and that's the short version of it. That's the short version. Like, it went on. It went on. But later in the race, after another one of Matt's, Matt's, oh my God, Max's pit stops, he said his engineer, like, just comes on and he's like, says something about how much degradation he put on in the first stint once they had the tire on. And he's like, you know, I, I don't even know if they said what Max said. And then a little later on, GP comes back and he's like, you already put degradation on the tire in the first stint. I'd ask you to use your head a bit more. <laughs> so snarky. And Max is like, well, or I could keep pushing and do another pit stop for pit stop training. And GP's like, no, not this time, Max. Not this time. And I honestly thought that Max was going to just do it anyways. 
like he did. Uh, me too. Me too. I was just like, guys. Uh, He's not listening to his engineer at all. It's Max's no. world. We're just living in it. He's going to do what he wants to do. But I, you know what I would love to hear? And maybe this was in the press conference. You know, Max wanted to go in, put on new, new soft so he could do a fast lap and ensure that he had the fastest time. Which he did not get. No, because Hamilton <laughs> like goes in, he gets the fastest lap at the very end after Max obviously had already crossed the line. And I would love to have heard Max's reaction to that because I don't think he was going to be happy. Nope. Nope. I, I, and I was cackling over that one. <laughs> All right. So McLaren, I feel so bad about Piastri because he is definitely the rookie to watch. He is having set as now that he's got that car and they've done so many good upgrades. I, he's yes. he's going to be the next, I think he's going to be the next major world champion coming yeah. up. You know, he's, he's such a good driver. I mean, he's a he, rookie. Now that he's got this car, like, wow. He's so calm. Like he's just so calm and, and although I did not appreciate his um, aggressiveness on the first the first turn, I do think that that will serve him well. You know, yeah. it's, it already has in, in the two previous races. And I do agree with you. I think he is absolutely going to be a contender out there. And he and except for today, he outperformed Norris all weekend. Yeah, and, and I think I think he's given given time and experience some of the like today that that'll 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 get better yeah you just need some experience in, in f1 and it'll get better absolutely lando definitely struggled this week i mean we know that he you know struggled with his floor um he had floor issues you know and i don't know what it was the sprint or whatever um he was really having a hard time with his hard tires today i think that's that is what he started on um, he was just getting passed left and right. Like, I think at one point it was him. You had an, an Alpine and a Williams just passing on either side of you. Like, yeah. It was bad. And his engineer was trying to give him little, little things to do. And he's like, none of that is helping me. So I, again, we talked about this last week and Oscar's very cool. I think sometimes Lando gets frustrated um, and it comes across, but when he went in for softs, when the rain, rain started to, you know, just started to come down, he drove on those for 27 laps. And it was the soft tires, like taking that chance that put him, because he was running like 15, somewhere down in that range, most of the race until he did that. And he ended up in the points. So like, he just had to be like consistent once he put those, those on in the rain and he did it. Like he yep. brought that car back up. So major props to Lando because it really wasn't, you know, a great weekend compared to the last couple. And uh, he he made it work. So major props to both of them. Yep. Great weekend again for McLaren. They're amazing. And they then are. your team, you're wearing their shirt. Mercedes. One of your teams. One of my teams. Yeah. I, you know, they, 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 I mean, Lewis was pretty steady. Russell did his normal, but it seems to be a normal thing, not placing really well, but, you know, progressing and doing really good at passing. Yeah. Just nothing spectacular from them this weekend. Just kind of like their steadiness. I I think if they get, at, though they were part of this overspending, if they can do some more improvements to the car, 
Yeah. They're both driving well. I think it's just yeah. the car needs to continue to improve and Russell needs to quit making whatever stupid mistakes he's making to not yeah. play high in the grid. Like if he just can get yeah. higher in the grid, his passing is on point. Like his yeah. overtakes are amazing. Yeah. He just, just consider if he was P5, P6, P4 when he started, yeah, you know, he could push higher, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Lewis has been pretty consistent, like either yeah. on the podium today, he finished fourth. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Um, no, I'm not going to sneeze. <laughs> today he finished fourth. So like you said, they're very steady. Like they're, they're staying in there. Um, but as far as the constructor goes, they're, they're still above Aston Martin, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Then your other favorite team, like you said, Lance, not a great weekend, not a great weekend prior to the race, but they're, in the race they're today. They're pretty far ahead of Aston Martin. They're oh, they are. 247 to 196. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good chunk. A very good chunk. Um, but the race today, like they did all right. Like Alonzo finished fifth. I can't remember. They weren't even close to the last laps and he was thanking the team. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Alonzo crashed out on, but he just stupid the the whole stupid strategy and everything. But we 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 won't rehash that. But yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no. It, it, so I also that, heard that Mike. I worry about them though their driver standings because I told you I took a I took a look at that and so yeah. their driver standings before the race. Um, Alonzo was four points ahead of Lewis. Well, now he's only one point ahead of Lewis. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And then, uh, before the race, uh, Russell was, uh, seven points ahead of Charles. Uh, oh, they're not tied. Oh, they're tied. Tied at 99. Ooh. With signs seven points behind them. Yeah. Where Sainz was ahead of them, he didn't get any points. So they they both jumped ahead of him. Yeah. This was his first DNF of the season, but he needed he needed points. And he would have finished in the points. It probably still would have been super close to, you know, to Charles, but Charles getting 15 points today. Um, yeah, that definitely, yeah, that definitely made a difference. So yeah. Um driver standings. Anyway, yeah, very. But one thing I don't know if you had heard, but Mike Crack supposedly did say that their upgrades kind of took them in the wrong direction. And I know you said that way back, like when when the upgrades first started coming out. So um, they definitely need to be taking a look at like what went wrong and why, you know. Yep, absolutely. They yeah. need to take those off and fix something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they absolutely do. And then my little golden treasure, global treasure, um, Yuki. He He's had a really great race today. He had yeah. an awesome move around Alex um, to pass him. And I was cheering. Like, I love me some Yuki. Um, but it was really fun to watch him. Watch him fighting with Pierre, his former teammate, his really good friend. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for Yuki big time. Daniel pretty much seemed to run towards the back of the pack today. I don't really know what he his did. deal was, but yeah. Yeah, he did. Still, you know, still no points. He just didn't. He ended up, um, he ended up finishing. How did he finish? 
He finished uh, 16th and oh, poor Sergeant 17th and Nico 18th. Oh, I thought he finished. Oh, Sergeant wasn't last for a change. <laughs> Go, Sergeant. <laughs> poor Hulkenberg. He did not have a great race weekend at all. I no. kind of didn't really put that together until we started talking about it. Um, yeah. But Alpine, I know we've talked about a lot. Their bounce back was awesome. Ocon finished in the points. Pierre finished 11th. He had a super slow pit stop. So I think that really um, did not help him at all. Um, so again, like the pit crew, I, I don't think they showed the, the stop, but like with Ocon not having his front wing when he needed it and the pit crew, you know, just taking a long time with Pierre, I don't know. I think that overall, they're probably just happy to finish a race. And I'm sure Otmar, knowing that his job is done as of today, is probably just like, okay, at least we went out with the podium. One thing, well, though. With um, Piastri not being able to uh, get any points today, Ocon moved ahead of him in points. Oh, interesting. I won, but he yeah. moved up from 31 to 35, and Piastri is, is still at 34. Okay. That's good. You know, like, I feel like overall Alpine season has not been good, but Ocon mentioned something in um, his press conference that I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That, you know, even though it hasn't been a good season, they've had a lot of DNFs, a lot of several double DNFs. Um, they do have two trophies, you know, from Monaco and then from the sprint race this weekend. And it's like, that's, I mean, for as awful as they seem to be doing, um, they just can't catch a break. That's pretty they're, no, they're not consistent. They get some consistency yeah. in there. I think they'll be good. They they weren't consistent in crashing out. So if they can yes. be consistent in not crashing out, I think they'd be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Ferrari, you know, we talked about the damage to the side pod and, and kind of the, you know, I find it's interesting as much as we've been talking about how the team seems to be favoring Charles, Charles is showing the points right now. Yeah. He is show he well, in part because he's getting more points because in races not like today, where Carlos would not have been able to really compete with him anyways. Um, you know, Charles was just up there, but for the most part, like they're they're making it so Charles ends up ahead of yeah. Carlos when they're they're usually side by side. But I mean, I'm happy for Charles. That's his third podium this season. Um, you know, I know it moves him up. Uh, in the driver's championship, like you were talking about. So, I mean, all in all, I feel like a fairly decent weekend for Ferrari. We'll take it. And in the Constructors' <laughs> Cup, Ferrari is now just five points behind Aston Martin. Oh, good. Yay. That's really yeah, good. So, again, as if, if Oscar hadn't taken Carlos out, we would have had even more points, and that would have been, you know, yeah. either like right at Aston Martin or darn close to them. So, McLaren is still eighty something points behind, but uh, you know they're they're doing they're doing well. So we'll see. Well. Yeah, see. they're doing really well. Um, we're coming around the uh, hour and twenty. We're coming around the bend. Yeah, we are coming there. A final. <laughs> Williams, um, they thought they were going to do better at this track than they did. It, it, they were not super happy on the straights, especially Alex. Amazing. Like they amazing. kept falling that car a rocket ship on the streets like he could get past anybody didn't need the drs like 
he was really good for it. I was kind of floored because they were they were they were doing so well, and we were saying all of a sudden, like, how they end up so far back? Like, what happened? Three pit I'm stop. have to go back and I have to go back and rewatch part of the race. No, it was it was the third pit stop. Their their tire degradation was more than mm. what anybody had thought. They kind of also screwed up um, because I think he was on. Oh, I don't want to mess up mess up the teams. I'm trying to remember if that was Lando. I think it was. That's the point. Both of them had three pit stops. The only other team that did three was Lewis, and Lewis did that to go out and get that extra. Yeah, to get the extra. No other but I team. I think did. they were on mediums and they were struggling with that. And so for the third, that third, they sh they went on mediums again, and they should have gone on softs. And I mean, Albon was doing what he could to get, like, he was picking, you know, some cars off. It just wasn't enough. Um, and I watched his after the race conference and he said, you know, they really do need to look at this weekend because the races that are coming up, he said, are not necessarily suitable for their car. And so you can't go into these races with a car that's you know, not really going to perform well on these tracks and expect to get anywhere. So I'm hoping it wasn't like, I feel like we started with a high this season with Williams and we'll talk about this more next week. And then it went down, then it went up. And now who knows, like if, unless they can get this figured out. And again, you can't work two out of the three weeks on the summer break. Um, they might be in for a long second half. Um, yep. So yeah, they did it. They pitted both in seven and eight, seven and eight, 23 and 24, and then in 33 and 34. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it was a lot. So I'm not sure what was happening with their tire deck, but. All right. Well, well, we know who won. So that was awesome. It was, it was a good race. It's kind of boring, but still it's kind of good at the end. The, the sprint yeah. was the, the craziness part of it. So yeah, right. maybe the qualifying and the sprints for sure. Wrapping up beyond the grid. Beyond the grid. So I thought this was kind of cool. I'm a huge documentary person. I love um, mm -hmm. a documentary and Alpha Tauri has an official documentary coming out about the team. It premieres September 6th in Venice. I wish it was like December 6th in Venice because then I know, I <laughs> but um, anyways, after that, it will be available on their YouTube channel. So mark your calendars. And then also I need to turn this on today, but there's a documentary documentary um, about Sir Jackie Stewart called Stewart that came out um, today, I think, on ESPN. So cool. that should be kind of cool because, I mean, he definitely had a had a career and he, and you see him on the grid all the time. He, I swear he's at so many races. So um, yeah, I'd love to see that. And then we're on summer break. I mean, we're not, we're going to keep, we're going to keep coming at you with our podcast. <laughs> so we mentioned it a couple times, but next week we'll do a recap of the, of the first season, the first half of the season. I'm going to go back this week and listen to our first couple of podcasts and, see who did we who, what teams were we excited to see especially after testing what rookies um how did the teams really perform because it's been i mean it feels like an entire season just when you think we've only been through what 13 races or something like that it's yeah crazy and then claire you're gonna talk about like just i guess like your journey 
through F1 for the first half of the season. And I do have a team spotlight because we'll do a couple team spotlights over the summer because we've got a couple of weeks to do. I've got Williams about ready, so we can talk about Williams. Yeah. And we can cover some of that. That'll be fun. That would be awesome. And then, yeah, the next race isn't until August 25th, and it's Zandervoort, so it's we've got a little bit of time. My colleagues is going to that, so that's kind of cool. Oh yeah, and that's a that's a Max home race, so there you go. It's gonna be it's lots gonna be of orange flares everywhere. <laughs> All right, well, hour twenty. Thanks for coming along this ride. It was crazy. You're right. Sprint weeks are hard because there's so much to cover. Two races essentially, two qualifying. Yeah. So it's yeah, just so much. and the qualifying's have been so insane that it's like you've got to talk about them. They've been very exciting. So, yeah, thank you for hanging with us on this extra long ride. We can all have our spa weekend now. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Always good to see you and always good to chat about our love for F1. Yes. Yes. All right. See you next week. Take care. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, Please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week.